Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Into the Unknown. Uh, this week, it's again just you, you and me, Connor. I know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit more slower pace than when no, we have like guests it, on. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and uh, before we begin, actually, I just want to say congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Not much has changed. Everyone, do you want to tell everyone what I'm congratulating you about? Uh, so me and my fiance, uh, Emily, we both got married on, uh, on Wednesday. So very big life PB. Um, swole mates forever, as some people have been saying. Um, but no, no seriousness. Um, yeah, we got we got married on Wednesday, so big deal. Now I have to I have to pretend like I'm wifey'd an adult. Wifey'd What's, up. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm wifey'd up. No, but yeah, thank you for that, sir. Appreciate that very, very much. It's been All a busy right. week, so it's nice to to sit down and be able to get this uh, get this recorded as well. Definitely yeah. been a busy week. Um, another quick announcement, public service announcement. I'm not going to name any names or drop anyone in it, but someone told me that if you put a slice of lemon in coffee, it tastes better. <laughs> and I just tried this and it's fucking disgusting. Don't try it. <laughs> and I also proceeded to tell you, Shwan, that there's a difference between waxed and unwaxed lemons. Um, yeah, you, learn, you learn something new every day. Huh? There you go. Although I have tried that. I mean, I didn't put a lemon in there, but I put a lemon drop in. So if it's minging and whoever told you that, I will, I will. <laughs> right. So what are we going to talk about today then? What's well, on? Well, actually, um, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. And what kind of reminded me of it or, or prompted me to to try to bring it up as a podcast topic was you actually posted on your story um, on your Instagram a while back, just one of those question stickers um, mm. asking asking your followers basically why why they train. And I think that is such a such an interesting question and, and such an interesting thing to think about when you sort of open up and unravel like the why, because yeah. it's really easy to just get stuck into the everyday, like how to do this, how to do that, what am I doing, you know, what my goals are, what the process is, but then how often do we actually take a step back and think about the why, like why are mm. we doing this? Um, and you know whether that's why why we're doing you, you know whether that's like when you put on my program an exercise and like okay why am i doing this like yeah. what is it achieving or the sort of deeper question of like why do we train in general you know like why why do What's i go to the for, gym yeah. you know why do i ride horses why do i compete um you just had a competition last week well done by the way Thank why you. do you compete in weightlifting you know why what's our reason behind and yeah. purpose um so yeah let's dive straight into it con like why why do you train man <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i don't i'm not gonna i i tr- want to try not to kind of refer back to the post but i think like in in a lot of the posts that i do on instagram or like when i talk to people i like to kind of be very transparent and truthful with the information that i give out um and I kind of alluded to the fact that when I first started training, 
I was very much the same as a lot of people where I was saying, I want to lose weight. I want to get strong. Uh, like I, I want to gain weight. I was for, you know, rugby, American football, maybe even just make myself better for rugby. Like it, it obviously changed um, as my, I guess my focus was different as well. And one thing that I noticed a lot was that regardless of what the goal, what I was training for is the key. I didn't know still why. And I know that like people think, well, that's the same thing. What am I training for? Why am I training? No, they're, they're entirely different because why am I training is what has, why have I decided that now is the right time and why have I decided that it's important for me to maybe throw all of my eggs into this basket and actually go for it? Um, so it was, it was really just that, you know, those answers look good, naked, whatever, get strong. They just lacked focus. They lacked direction. So really for me, for training, it's changed a lot over the years. And to keep it really simple now, I, I mainly train for... Um, a couple of things predominantly I know this is very hard but for me longevity in a sport is very important when I first started training I did it because it was fun and I think that is what a lot of people tend to forget and we've actually mentioned this in the podcast and actually we mentioned it last week or the week before where we were talking about the coach-athlete relationship where mm. if 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 you have an environment that fosters positive attitudes and um you know you actually enjoy what you do don't get me wrong there's times where i absolutely detest weightlifting but there's always going to be a time where things are difficult especially if you want to be the best so it's always like i i, I just want to train to have fun and to be able to kind of express what i've learned and what i've put my body through really you know because it's not necessarily where I want to go. It's where I've come from is the important bit for me. Um, you know, so hindsight and having some perspective, I would never have done that if, and again, I'm referring back to a podcast that we did a few weeks ago on reflective practice that I never would have been able to go, Oh, look at where I came from rather than look at how far I've got. So although it might seem like the same thing, the perspective is entirely different. Um, and really just to practice what I preach, you know, I, I'm also a coach and this weekend perfectly demonstrated it. I signed up to the competition. I was able to get three other lifters and I've not competed for about two and a half years, which is properly tragic because I don't know how I train without, with direction and focus without having a competition in mind, because I'm a very competitive person. That's within what I was myself. Ask you next, actually. Was yeah, it? I, I've noticed that you've not, and sorry to butt in, but I noticed that you've not competed in a really long time. And obviously you train in weightlifting, yeah, in like Olympic weightlifting, and, but you've not actually stepped foot on the platform in ages. And yeah. at the same time, I know that you're a very competitive person and you're similar to me. Like when, I, when I'm training in the winter, when there's no competition and we're, I just, I feel lost and like yeah, yeah. direction. And so, um, you know, for you what kept you what kept you training weightlifting without without those competitive goals you know um what mm. was 
did you have to really actually look for the why or, or you know what, what did you have to do no I think for me um don't get me wrong I think there's 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 two sides to the story I guess I would say if I were still competing over those two and a half years I think I would be better than I am but again that's perspective that's hindsight and the main reason why I didn't one COVID two to be honest just laziness I was happy to just train and I was happy to kind of I had a lot of other things going on building the business and and work and changing jobs and you know all that sort of thing so I definitely think that if I had competitions I would be better than I am now that's not to say that I'm not better but being a competitive person you're always like oh yeah I can I can and I want to do better but yeah I, I think the reason why I was able to just keep doing that is because and I alluded to this in my post that when I first started you know I I I would never consider myself a, a talented weightlifter by any stretch of the imagination. I've been training for seven years. It took me about three to four years to snatch a hundred kilos, which, you know, for most males and maybe even females, that's like quite a big benchmark for a weightlifter is to snatch, you know, a hundred kilos, like triple figures. And then it took me another four years to then just add on another 20 kilos. Right. So if I was talented, I would have quit way before then if I thought that it was going to take me three years to snatch a hundred kilos and be somewhat competitive. And so I think it's just, I just like, I like the idea of working hard so that I can prove to myself that if I do something, I know that I can do it. Um, you know, and it's always that kind of self mastery comes into it that it doesn't necessarily matter if, what's on the bar reflects on how much you have improved as a weightlifter, but as a sport and as a discipline, you can always master something different in that sport. And so for me, it's really signifies such a simple sport and such a simple way to just self master your mental, your mental capacity to handle pressure you know, your confidence, your coordination, your speed, your strength, your mobility. Um, and I know a lot of people who come into the sport, they only really focus on one thing, which is to, to snatch and clean jerk massive amounts of weight, which is, <laughs> which is ideal because that's the sport, right? But, you know, for me, I've always been a coach before I was an athlete, taking three athletes to this competition. I coached all three of them. And then I had to compete myself at about four o'clock. So it was a long ass day. And what drove me was like, okay, well, now I have to prove to these guys that I've coached that I can do the same as they've just done. Yeah. You know, like I, I love to practice what I preach. And I don't want to get into the whole argument of, I think being a good weightlifter makes you a good coach because that's an entirely different topic of discussion. And I think we've even discussed that in the past. But I think having a very good understanding of what it takes to snatch those weights, and I'm not saying that I snatch a massive amount, maybe a little bit more than average. You do um, all right. You do okay. I was okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say a little bit more, a little bit better than average. Um, but that's just me being cri too critical. Um, but 
it's it's having that idea of like what it takes what the programming takes what you need to look at when those weights get heavier and you're being pulled out position or whatever so yeah anyway i know that was a very long-winded uh no that's really interesting i um yeah yeah i think it's such a you know when it and i love how you 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 mentioned the fact that actually it took you what three or four years to snatch 100 kilos and Mm. then however many years again until you're able to snatch what did you snatch this weekend um yeah 119 which was 119 crazily easy i mean i Um, i I took it for a little walk but you know there was was more in the tank Um, hopefully yeah i was thinking about it the other day and um with my riding and i've been I've been learning to ride as I've been riding horses for probably the last 17, 18 years, Mm. which is kind of crazy. I, you know, when you put it into perspective, how long you actually do something, it goes back to, you know, the 10,000 hour thing. Yeah. It actually takes a a really long time to, to master something. And I'm nowhere near mastering it, you know? Um, But I think that kind of goes to show and it plays a role in the fact that if if you want to be good at something and you want to be the best you can be at something and you want to be competitive at something you've chosen you know you've chosen a passion you've chosen a craft that you want to be dedicated to you're going to be spending a lot of time and a lot of effort in doing it absolutely that's for sure the case with obviously weightlifting for sure the case with riding um and i believe with anything that you choose to to dedicate yourself to um and so you know for me like for me to want to be good at riding and to want to go to these competitions to do well and do better than than i was the last time and basically be the best version of myself right yeah. as as a as an athlete as a rider etc i i know and I, and I accept the fact that i need to put in loads and loads of time and loads of effort into training and into competing and into everything around the sport as well um and that amount of time and effort you put in is very sort of disproportionate i'd say you know like there's we talk about balance work-life balance blah blah but in reality i believe in order to be that good or to chase that goal or goals it you have to sacrifice a bit of balance Mm -hmm. um you have to you have to put in you have to take you know there's only 24 hours in a day um and you have to take away to to put in what you need to put in in terms of time and effort to your training Um, and so as a result for sure there's going to be days when you're not feeling so motivated there's going to be days that are harder than others because you you're putting so much into it and progression like we've spoken about before progression isn't linear no you know um and i think that's kind of the core of core of this this uh this episode uh, you know the why because those are the times when the why is the most important the most salient part of of your thought process and quite often what keeps us going or what keeps yeah. me going um you know on those because on the days when you're winning 
on the days when training goes perfect you know you have a good competition you feel like you're having loads of fun you don't try that hard yeah those days are easy you, yeah. know, you don't you don't need to think about the why but it's the days when it's muddy and raining and you've fallen off a horse and you have to get on another one and you know you've not eaten you've not slept and it just feels like shit that's kind of why you have to be like well why am i doing this yeah um and so for me i it's, it's a tough one because i know that that i've there's, there's been a few times when i i thought okay i want to quit the sport i want to quit riding and i remember you telling me at least a couple of times over the last few years <laughs> that i want to quit yeah, been yeah. There. not horse um, riding for me but yeah i want to um, quit horse riding <laughs> <laughs> all i've been on is a mechanical horse <laughs> yeah sorry and, um looking back now every time i've said i wanted to quit was when the, my results for a quite a long uh, an extended period of time weren't so good mm. um and i was but i was still working really hard but not seeing the results um and i was feeling more and more pressure to get those results you know so the focus was on getting results going going well at competitions and that was all i was thinking about yeah um and i remember one time i went home like i went back to hong kong and I spoke to, spoke to my dad about it and he was like, okay, well, why, why do you ride anyway? You know, like you can just, just find that again. And mm -hmm. so for that month or two months, however long I was home, I just rode, like rode horses, spent time with horses, spent time at the stables and just did it for that. Mm -hmm. You know, not thinking about any competitions or eventing even or anything like that. I just, I just rode horses for riding horses. And how did I feel? Like I felt amazing. Like I, it took me back to the initial feeling when, when yeah. you're a kid and you first start riding and you're not thinking about like winning competitions. You're thinking about like, fuck, I'm on a horse. Um, and you know, you, you're thinking about the communication between you and the horse, what you can do to influence what the horse does and the feeling that you get when it all clicks, you know, it all clicks that, that feel between the rider and the horse and, all that I don't want to get all spiritual and stuff, especially. No, I know what you mean podcast, though. But basically, stripping it back down to to the thing that got you started in the first place, the thing that you fell in love with in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know if you found the same when you took a break from competing in weightlifting and you just lifted and lifted for lifting. Um, yeah, yeah, lifted for me rather than for anyone else. Which exactly, exactly, and that kind of. I guess grounded me um, back to why I do it in the first place. And another another thing that really helped was actually, and this might sound a bit counterintuitive, but I uh, one thing that that I think about now is that actually I don't have to ride, I don't have to compete, I can pack it in any day, and my life would be okay. You know, I've got got two degrees that I don't use. <laughs> I can, you know, quite relatively easily get a, a decent job that I actually would enjoy. You know, there's basically there's life outside of the sport and life mm -hmm. outside of horses. 
but then why am I here? Like every day I can decide to be here or not be here. And that gives me sort of the power again to yeah, decide absolutely. actually this is what I want to do. Because I think it's very different when you don't have any options. You know, that's all you've done for your whole life and that's all you think you can do. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the perspective to see that actually there is a massive world outside of our sport or outside a little bubble of, of horse riding of a question. Yeah. Um, and to gain that perspective has been really helpful for me because whenever I feel uh, unmotivated or I feel like I don't want to do it or I feel it's not going so well, it's not the be all end all for me. You know, it's what I've decided to do and what I'm deciding constantly to wake up and do because I enjoy it, because I enjoy the graft, because I enjoy the progression and I enjoy, you know, horses and the sport. Mm. Um, yeah that's my kind of one thing that you that you mentioned just about in right at the end there is i think people who and and i'll unpack a few bits the first thing that you mentioned was the anderson study where ten thousand hours to become kind of a master in that sport or a master in that arena of whatever you're doing um which i think one is definitely key to kind of hold in your mind is that the suggestion that doing 10,000 hours of work and it has to be quality work. You can't just fucking sit in front of you, you know, watching weightlifting and expect to be an expert. I'm talking like you have to put blood, sweat, effort, tears into that, whatever you're doing to be able to learn, which IE means making mistakes and so on and so forth, having success to just become a master doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to have mastered every single little aspect of that sport or every single little aspect of your life or whatever it might be, you might then have 30 or 40 people in the world who have also done that level of training who you now have to compete against who are also considered masters of that sport because of the amount of hours that they put in. And one thing that you mentioned was when you went back to Hong Kong and you spoke to your dad, and I always find like mum and dad's wisdom tend to be so well grounded that like, even if they've never, even if they've never done that sport or they've never, you know, my parents were very sporty and they are very um, successful in their own right. When they were younger, they were very good at sports, but we all three of us even my brother we're all all four of us sorry we're in different industries entirely you know so for all intents and purposes um they require different um character different personality different work ethic a different level of mastery in certain things like you know my dad is very good with um well obviously flying helicopters and whatever so physics and and all and engineering and all that sort of stuff i've never been very good at that but I am very good with people, or at least I like to think I am. And one thing that you mentioned that, you know, your dad kind of just said to you, like, what got you started with horse riding in the first place was that you were a student at one time and you were never thinking about the future. You were just doing it. You know, you were in, you were what Matt Fraser calls embracing the suck. Like you were just enjoying it for enjoying it like you weren't really thinking about anything else and it's a really difficult thing when you start to get 
very good like you are at, at horse riding or I'm whatever okay. you, I'm not too bad he's all right um <laughs> when you start to get very good at something and you start to become you know that master of that sport or whatever it is you tend to forget that there's still things that you can learn and that you can still be a student and you just have to kind of go and seek those out and i think the key is finding the right person who can help you develop in the ways that you need to develop and bring you back to reality to say listen it's not about how far you can go it's also about how far you've been mm. because that is that is where you can learn from in that journey is where you've made your mistakes you've made your successes you've you've decided four or five times fuck this i'm quitting and that is what holds the key to making you better in the future is tapping into those experiences in the past, which is why I'm so adamant that people do reflective practice, because if this pops into your mind, you know, weightlifting wise, you can look back at it and almost laugh like at how, not how bad you were in the past, but like how much better you are now. And you're like, fuck, how did I manage to get through that point in my life to where I am now and I still think the same, and yet I'm so much better now than I was then. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. You know, I, first of all, I would definitely not call myself a master. Um, and <laughs> I think horses as well have a very good way of, of reminding you that, you know, mm. um, even the best get decked. So, um, <laughs> yeah. no, long way to go yet. But I 100% see what you mean. And, you know, what, what you said about, realizing that there's that there's always more to learn and, and that you know that's that's <clears throat> socrates yeah um yeah the true wisdom is knowing that you don't you don't know anything yeah um or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> um you know i i truly believe that and i think that is we're always learning and that's mm -hmm. a that's even in buddhism they talk about beginner's mind always approaching everything with the mind of a beginner you know open to learning mm -hmm. and picking up picking up on everything rather than being set in your ways and thinking that you know you know what you're doing because in reality like no one really no. knows what they're doing when it comes down to it but absolutely like when i look back at my videos even from last year you know from last season uh, competition videos from last season makes me cringe like like oh this is so bad but it's really important to reflect on that because when, when you don't you don't know that you don't know that you're on this journey per se like you're not aware of the progression mm -hmm. um and you know i and it's the same with when i competed when i dabbled very briefly in powerlifting um when that's another i think that's another sport where there's always there's always things to learn there's always improvements to be made <clears throat> and i remember looking back at lifting videos just from like the last cycle <laughs> and mm. like oh that's, that's like deadlift is disgusting i need to fix that um but obviously when you're in the moment you don't realize those things mm -mm. and it takes reflection to see how far you've come um, and what you've done to get to where you are now yeah um, and I think in turn that teaches you or, or guides you in where you can go and what you can do to get to where you want 
Um, and, you know, we spoke about, about it a bit earlier when you were talking about why you started um, training and why you started lifting. And it was similar for me, you know, I uh, actually, growing up, my dad was very much into, into training in the gym and uh, getting fit and that sort of thing. And he went on a massive like weight loss journey, my mom and my dad. Um, and so as a teenager, you know, when I was 13, 14, I think as soon as I was um, old enough, like allowed to go into the gym, um, my dad started taking me every weekend. Um, and that's kind of when I got introduced to going to the gym and training and that sort of thing. And then, but then actually I credit, <laughs> I credit most of my, um, most of my uh, reason initially to start going to the gym. I credit that mostly to uh, this girl that I dated in high school very briefly, um, who I honestly, we dated for like, I don't know, two or three months. And, but I was a, I was a young boy with, you know, a growing ego, uh, very insecure, still look, finding himself like all young boys, 16 year old boys are, you know, I was, I was um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and she broke up with me and I, when I asked why, the why, um, she said it was cause she was, she wasn't attracted to me physically. And I was like, can you please elaborate? <laughs> Just dig myself a hole. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, uh, you know, I don't think you have a very nice body. You're too, you're too skinny and scrawny and, and all that, you know. So, and that, you know, I attribute most of my initial why to, to having that massive blow and thinking, oh shit, I need to, I need to look good. Um, so, for ages, me going to the gym like wasn't wasn't to get me better at rugby. It wasn't to get me better at riding. It was just to look good, like to put on muscle. Mm. Like I was force feeding myself. I was like killing myself in the gym just to look good. And then uh, I started looking good. And questionable. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> I started. You know, I started looking okay. Better than average. Um, We're humble on this podcast. Yeah, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, I, from there, I started to um, get get more attention, whether that's on, on, on social media or, mm. or um, you know, people saying that, like, oh, like your body looks really good. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I liked that. So actually, that, that continued to be my why. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't your why though, was it? No, I was doing it for other people. Exactly. I was doing it to gain like that validation and that attention from other people. And you know, I can link that back to my writing to uh you know, the first time I said I wanted to quit, I wasn't getting attention, but then I continue the first time I didn't quit and continued writing was after I won my first medal at the Asian Championships in 2017 and I was getting a lot of attention and validation from other people um and so Mm. for me like those are the wrong reasons yeah and the reason why they're the wrong reasons is because like you say that's not I don't do it for myself I do it for other people and I'm doing what I'm doing whether that's with the horses or in the gym uh i'm doing those things 
in order to to please other people or in order to get something out of the people around me and that puts the control in their hands not in my hands you know like if they if they turned around and said that i look shit or mm. i rode like shit that would kill that would crush me and, and it, you know it did um mm. whereas the it, you know going through the process of finding the reasons why I do it and, and why I do what I do. And I think it is a process and I think it's a, it's a constant process and you have to keep, keep looking and keep yeah. reminding yourself and keep re-evaluating. Re but I think even the process of reflecting and thinking about why we do it puts the control back in, back in our hands. And, and, you know, I do it for, for the love of what I do and, and for yeah. the enjoyment and, you know, for that, process of of developing myself and, and bettering myself in whatever i choose to do um regardless of what people think of me mm. uh, that is i can tell you like especially for me personally that is much easier said than done um, yeah but having said that that is what got me through the tough times when people aren't looking at you you know when people couldn't care less about you because you're not doing you're not in the spotlight. You're not getting the good results. You're not posting on Instagram half naked, mm. um, topless photos. Um, that's where the most growth happens, though, isn't it? Absolutely. When that's you're when you're kind of forced to think about to face reality and think why, about other. Think yeah. Why you're doing? It. I don't know if you've had similar experiences with your own own training um, when you've done it, say for the quote unquote the wrong reasons, and and when you've had to look yourself in the metaphorical mirror and ask yourself why and how, like what that's gotten you through. Mm. I think it's a little different. Like, obviously, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily class myself as a fantastic weightlifter. I'm certainly competitive, but I don't know. I think um, for me, the biggest impediment for my training when I first started um which I often refer to a lot of a lot of weightlifters, especially people that I coach, is the biggest impediment for me was thinking that I was going to be really good. Um, and so I had this kind of level of expectation that, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the first episode that we that we ever had on this podcast was discussing things that we feared and it was re a really strange time when I when I was kind of first getting into weightlifting and I was sort of two three years into it actually not even that it was like one or two years into it and I had this on one hand I had this fear of failure but then on the other hand I had this very high level of expectation that was also impeding my training and I couldn't figure out for the life of me, like, so for example, if I want, if you want to get better at weightlifting, yes, you have to practice with the bar. Yes. You have to improve your strength, your speed, your positions, um, your technical prowess, your mobility, whatever it might be. But ultimately, if you don't load that weight on the bar and try it, you're never going to know if you can actually do it. So there has to come a point in time where sometimes you have to just 
just try it. And if you fail, you fail, right? You might fail three, four, five, six, seven times, but every single time you fail, 11, 12, um, I know I can count. Every time that you fail, you should learn something from that. You shouldn't think, oh, I'm a failure. I'm never going to snatch this. And I, I used to do that. Like, Mm. That's the reason it, I think it took me so long to snatch 90 kilos. Not saying that I was very technically proficient or very strong, but it was that I wouldn't want to load that on the bar because my expectations of myself were very high. So was my fear of failure. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to snatch 100 kilos really quick. And then I was like, but once if I load 90 kilos and I miss it and then I miss it again and then I do 92 and I miss it again, you know, and so about two and a half years into weightlifting, and this was my first experience. I don't think I've even told you this, actually. My first experience of kind of stoic, um, you know, I kind of preach, go on about stoic writings and stuff like that. And everyone has their own kind of way of doing things. But it was a, a, a quote from Seneca, actually, which usually I write in every single training diary that I have. Mm. And it's expectations are the greatest impediment to living. In anticipation of tomorrow, we lose today. And I've written that in every single training diary because it's I I hold myself to that so much that it's not about how big your expectations are. If you're expecting to be good or if you're expecting to do this tomorrow, you're not focusing on what you can do today to be better. So I usually say to people, don't set high expectations, set high standards of yourself. So your standards daily are important, but your expectations don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I think, you know, I, I, I've did, I think I wrote that in my training diary for the last five years, every single time I get a new training diary, um, you know, expectations are the greatest impediment of living. Like it holds true for so many other things. If you expect to be good at something, you're either going to, it's either going to pay off massively or you're at some point, you're going to get challenged and you're going to think, oh no, fuck this. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think I've mentioned this previously in a, in a, in a previous, a previous episode. Um, but, you know, it, it was one moment when, I realized, uh, to be honest, I was told by my sports psychologist um, when mm. when I was talking about, you know, the targets for, for the season, <clears throat> um, sort of performance targets and what I'm aiming to achieve, blah, blah. And he looked at me and said that these they're not targets, they're dreams. Yeah. I you can that. set targets, you know, you can have performance goals. You, you can have these results, result goals, you know, but at the end of the day, why are you expecting to achieve them? So much mm-hmm. is out of your control. You're not set. It's not set in stone that you're going to win anything. Um, not set in stone that anything's going to happen, even if you do amazingly and everything goes to plan. Um, mm-hmm. So w- what's the reason logically for you to expect to, to attain these targets? There's nothing. It's just in your head. You're dreaming of achieving them and dreams are good. That's, that's the thing dreams and and expectations and those things can like you kind of alluded to just now they can fuel you to to get you to where you want to be but i think when you start to expect 
to to get those things and feel like you've failed when you've not achieved them that's that's when the problems start arising um because you can set goals and set targets but at the end of the day what's going to get you uh what's going to make you more likely to achieve those things is it to worry about achieving those things um and expect uh, you know set those expectations for yourself and feel like a failure every time you don't meet them or is it to focus on the process focus on the training and the work you put in in order to get there like quite undeniably like it's the latter right um and you know one thing that i really try to preach to myself um and it's i think you know a bit the same that we're quite sort of naturally competitive people or sort of competition driven people and it for me it's very difficult to i find it very difficult to lose <laughs> you yeah. know to do badly at a competition i i i take it quite sort of personally and it, it's a big it's a big hit for me um but when i then sit down and reflect about it one thing that i always go back to and i always try to tell myself and and just preach to myself as mantra is that you win or you learn yeah um and so you either do really well and you hit the result that you want or you go away and you learn why you didn't you know you go away and and dissect it and reflect on it like what went wrong or what didn't go to plan what could you have done sometimes you couldn't have done anything and it's something that's out of your control that happened that affected it and that's also a valuable lesson you know yeah, it's absolutely. not that every time something doesn't go to plan or you don't get the result you want it's your fault <clears throat> you should be doing the right things and you have to in that case you have to keep doing the right things yeah because you, you can't change anything um but it's that reflection of okay what did we learn from this loss um and then that shift in process actually for me is very um it's quite like inextricably linked to to the why and to the reason why we do things um you know my why and and your why is ultimately to to better ourselves to better ourselves in a craft that we've chosen that we love to do and that makes us happy and we want to be the best we can be at it right so if we lose a competition or we miss a lift you know like that's not a loss like that's not a failure you know that's a a failure would be not bettering ourselves over time you know a failure would be not enjoying what we're doing um not doing what we love doing you know not going through the process of making ourselves as good as we can be at what we've chosen to do a failure isn't losing a competition it isn't missing a lift those are points where you can learn and you develop and you take into next time so that yeah that i think that what you said reminded me of that um where, where that reflective practice comes into play and you have for me i i still struggle with it um yeah so when i fall off or when i uh get eliminated at a competition um i i sort of have to push myself to tell myself to reflect on on what i'm learning from this and not to take it as a personal failure but um a continued uh progression of learning 
And actually, you know, training in the gym, and you know, obviously you weightlift and I powerlifted for a bit. I think those are really good. Like lifting teaches you some like really good lessons if you're able to implement them into into life. You know, the the times I've lifted the best was when I didn't think about missing the lift. Mm. Um, and like my my deadlift and my squats were always pretty good, but I've always struggled uh, with bench, with the bench press. And I had a massive sort of mental block on bench pressing a hundred kilos. Hmm. Right. And I, which was for me crazy. Cause like I was doing like pause bench, uh, three sets of five at 95. <laughs> you know, know. Yeah. so like 100 kilos should be if you crunch the numbers and do the maths like a piece easily of doable yeah um but looking back now i know why i kept missing that 100 kilos it's because every time i sat down on the bench i was so nervous about missing that lift and the first time that i hit it was when i was like fuck it like we'll give it a go mm. and if we miss we miss you know um and when you're not thinking about that then what are you thinking about you're focused on what you're actually doing you're focused on your process of doing that thing and then surprise surprise i hit that 100 kilo bench press and then from then on like i was doing pause bench like sets of three or 100 you know um and that i think that's the psychology and that mental barrier plays such a massive role and when you learn to sort of overcome that in lifting and in weight training and and you realize it pretty quickly um that's something that can be applied to applied to life no i agree it's just you and the iron baby you and the steel sorry Yeah, well, I, I thought I thought because you know you're you're a weightlifter, you'd have something to add to that. But <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's this. I don't know if it's the same in a lot of other sports because I never felt like this in weightlifting in, in rugby and in American football. That I feel like, and you mentioned it really well, is that strength sports have a really simple way of humbling you. You know, like like you said, all you're doing really is picking up a bar that's quite heavy and putting it down again. And it's just that repetitive, repetitive, repetitive process over and over again. That is, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it's mind numbing, but it is it 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 can very, very it can challenge you a lot mentally. Um, and if you're not prepared for that, i.e this whole thing that we've been alluding to is finding your why or asking yourself, refreshing your mental page and saying, why am I doing this? Not as in like, why the fuck do I keep doing this to myself? You know, <laughs> Cause I do ask myself that sometimes, <laughs> but what I mean is like, why are you putting yourself through this pain? Why are you deciding to challenge yourself in this way? Why are you try? Why are you trying to make yourself better? What's it all for? I think if you can ask yourself that and you can have um, and you can have like an idea or, or an image in your mind that makes you focused and you have direction, even on the rocky times, even when the things don't go well, 
um, it it keeps you just training. It keeps you focused. It keeps you. I think um, this past weekend, a couple of the girls that were competing, it was their first first ever competition. Actually, all three of them was their first ever competition. And obviously, they were very nervous. You know, like they've never competed before. They mm. they've done this stuff in the gym hundreds of times. They've snatched, you know, these weights quite a few times in in the last couple of months. But it's different when you're then asked to perform those lifts in front of 40 people, not just 40 people that you don't know, but other lifters who are trying to beat you. It's the same in, in equestrian or in sport, like in individual sports, like you get on a horse and you're like, these judges are judging how good I am on a horse and all the other competitors that I'm competing against are also probably going to be watching how well I do. But the more that you go to those competitions and the more that you train, and if you are able to figure out like, what the fuck am I doing at this competition? Like, why have I put myself in this place? It's no longer about, Oh God, there's people in front of me. Oh God, those lifters are judging me. It's I came here to show how, like how good I prepared in my training to show my coach and to prove to my coach, like, you know, to do them proud. Like, it's just me and you at that point. It's no one else. If you miss a lift, like I'm not going to be disappointed in you, but if you make that lift and, you know, like seeing the, the sheer joy on that person's face after they might not even hit a PB, but they just hit a lift and they're super happy about it. Nothing else in that moment matters at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I 100%, agree. 100%. That, yeah. Like, I think it's... <laughs> and it kind of pulls you back down throughout it. And, you know, when you think about your first why and why you started doing something, you know, as a child, why you, why you initially enjoyed doing something um, mm. and chose that craft and chose that thing that you're doing uh, it's when i when i go into the the arena and the spectators and the judges and the, the other riders are watching from the warm up what i'm actually doing on the horse is no different to when i'm training at home on my own which is mm. no different to, you know, when I was six years old and I was like doing it at camp, you know, it's when it comes down to it, it's we're doing the exact same things. Yeah. We put a lot of external pressure and expectations on ourselves and on the results and, and on our performance. But at the end of the day, if you, if you're able to strip it down to, like you say, why are you there in the first place? and also strip it down to the actual reality of what is happening there it's always the same it's the same thing Mm. and you realize that a lot of the sort of extra extra pressure and expectations are completely unnecessary and also made up um (laughs) yeah and i found that actually in powerlifting as well you know like um it doesn't matter whether whether i'm I'm lifting on my own in the gym with my headphones on or I'm, <clears throat> I'm going for a one rep max and everyone's 
stood around watching and there's someone filming for Instagram, like it's it's the same thing. It's me in the bar. Yeah. And some weights on the side. Uh, um, you know, all the other stuff is is extra and is made up. Um, and that that's kind of that was kind of a turning point for me. But you know, I think a good way to end this is I wanted to bring up the fact that you know we talk about the why and our whys are quite similar. But one, there is no like right or wrong answer. You know, right. everyone is different, and there is also there's no you know we. I kind of mentioned in quote marks the wrong reasons, but in reality, there's not really wrong reasons per se. Like I know that I'm someone who does like attention, you know, someone who does like that sort of validation from other people. You know, you know, I have a bit of an ego um, and I want to look good for people. I want to, I want to be confident. Um, and that's, to be honest, that's fine. Yeah. Like I can still, it's not like I have to get rid of those things. It's just that that can't be the only reasons. Yeah, exactly. You know, there has to be reasons for me doing it for myself yeah. and reasons that are internal to myself that I can control and I can sort of manifest. And that for me is, is the why, and that's what we're talking about. Um, but it's not that we need to get rid of all the other stuff because that's what makes us who we are as well. And, and like I said earlier, like that can often uh, motivate us and drive us to do what we do as well. Um, but it's, you know, having that as well as your internal reasons, like your, why you do it for yourself and having a combination of that, that has really helped me. No, I, I agree. Um, I think the only thing I'll add is there's no wrong or right reason. As you just mentioned, there's your reason and then there's someone else's. So make sure that you decide that, <clears throat> make sure that your why is for you, not for anyone else, which can be harder than you think, but very similar to us alluding to journaling. Um, just start, just figure out a thing that, can get the best out of you and if if people think it's weird tell them to go fuck himself <laughs> on that note <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> thank you very much guys catch you soon so Yushwan, do you want to plug where people can find you yeah so on instagram i am at yushuan.su.eventing on facebook i am yushuan.su.eventing and my website is suyushuaneventing.com what about you, Connor? Mine is at Connor stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we was also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time.